With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-host as usual, Brian Johnson today. Hello. What's up, Charch? Um... GameStop's not up, I don't think. I think it's. I think it's finally uh, kind of run its course a little it bit. It has not yet landed on the moon. Yeah, as of now, it's uh, what a fascinating development. Unbelievable. It's been. Uh, it's been a lot of fun watching this. From the, I've been on the sidelines. I didn't get in on it. I. I. I kind of wish I had now, but just for the ride. Well, you know? if, if I zone out, I'm checking the Dogecoin prices. All right, That's deal. all. That is a deal. <laughs> um, so this is. It's kind of a weird show in that. The big Super Bowl breakdowns coming next week, yep. and so I didn't want to take. I didn't want to do like half a Super Bowl breakdown this week when we don't have all the answers we're going to have next week. So they're not breaking down the Pro Bowl, right? They're not playing the Pro Bowl. No, they're I not hope. playing the Pro oh, Bowl. Good, they they oh. awarded guys into the Pro Bowl, but then they don't have to show up for anything, which only, is probably for the best. It only took a global pandemic to to get it right. <laughs> put an end <laughs> to that disaster of right. the game. Who misses the Pro Bowl? <laughs> Nobody. That's who. Um, so what I decided to do differently this week from a content perspective is I was thinking about, all right, what what, what could what don't people necessarily know right now while it's still in season? And I think we'll, uh, we'll get to some of the coaching changes and some of that stuff a little bit later. And I, I had the idea to look for some of the developments that you may have missed in December. A lot of fantasy guys are – tuned in elsewhere in December. Now, it could be that you're just for the holidays. It could be you're knocked out of the playoffs. It could be that you're in the playoffs and you're only really paying attention to your very good team. So I challenged you and I each, Brian, to come up with three positive developments, and I think we'll have a negative development show later. Um, three positive developments that went underappreciated, undernoticed in December. That's right. the premise. I like so, it. Or maybe like you, it even, you even now, were aware of it in December and you've already forgotten about it, yeah, too. That could and you be need too. a reminder or it, you'll need one going into draft season when that starts in a couple months already. Part of the challenge was trying to find things that people actually missed. You know, like 
J.K. Dobbins emerging in December was too obvious, I felt, because too many people knew about it. It was just too, I thought it was too front and center. So I think some of the, hopefully for at least some of these six, our listeners will be like, oh, hey, that's, I, you know, I didn't, I guess I did not realize that is my hope for at least some of these. Now, purposely, I don't know your three that you're going to contribute and you don't know my three. Right. And so we'll both, uh, we'll be a little bit surprised as we go. I will yield the floor to you first. Give me the first of three positive developments that listeners may have missed in December. People uh, might have gotten a sense of uh, his ability and he went got on everyone's radar, but uh, Logan Thomas wasn't just a flash in the pan in the month of December. He mm. emerged as a, if not a top five tight end, a top three tight end for fantasy football purposes going into to 2021. And um if you're not aware of the history of Logan Thomas, real quick. I I do know that he's a quarterback turned tight end. Quarterback turned tight end, drafted by the Cardinals in the fourth round of the 2014 NFL draft. He was like the fifth quarterback taken. That was the infamous Blake Bortles, Oof. Johnny Manziel, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, not as infamous, and yeah. Derek Carr went after those three guys. So yeah. think about how motivated he plays every week knowing Johnny Manziel and Blake Bortles were drafted over him. But uh, yeah, Thomas... Quarterback for the Cardinals did not pan out as a quarterback. Actually spent some time with Miami and the Giants as a backup quarterback. It wasn't until he went to Buffalo in 2017 that he started playing tight end. Uh, one season, Two seasons in Buffalo, one in Detroit. He had 36 catches in those three years as wow, a tight end. that's it. 72 this season. <laughs> Doubled his career input <laughs> output in one year. Unreal. Unreal. And, and it, by the way, looks like a tight end. I mean, he built, he's built out his body. Oh yeah. He looks very much like a tight end at this stage. Oh, yeah, 6'6", six, six, like 230. Yeah. He's a mountain of a man, and he can move. And starting in week 13, I'm going to go week 13 through the wild card game. Yeah, he plays. We'll so gonna, that. those are all so, December games. Week so, 13 was played in early December. So week 13 to 18, mm-hmm. Thomas tallied 58 targets. And if you extrapolate that target share across a 16-game season, it would equate to 155 targets. Dang. That would be third among uh, all wide, re- wide receivers. Wide receivers. So I was going to guess Kelsey uh, and Waller would be the only two was, close. Yeah, it was uh, Diggs and uh, I believe Hopkins were the only two Jeez. wide receivers that would have out-targeted Logan Thomas at that rate. So he finished incredibly strong. Even going before December into November, he scored double-digit PPR points in 10 of his last 12 games. Mm. And the quarterback situation... That's the big question mark, right? We can't, we don't know no. who the quarterback will be next year. But it can't get much worse yeah, than it was. Is, that <laughs> is, that's a fair statement. Right uh, there. Yeah, there is, there's some. Free- Although Alex Smith, I think part of the reason he thrived in December is that Alex Smith just targeted him a ton. Yeah. And that's worst uh, case scenario. He gets yeah. Alex Smith back. I mean, uh, there's not going to be Dwayne Haskins around or any, anything uh, like well, that. Oh, who hopefully they, maybe they make a move for Deshaun Watson's not out of the the cards for them or Matt Stafford. Actually, actually, I think Watson, I think if, I think Washington should be one of the three spots that Deshaun Watson should consider along with the Dolphins and the, well, I mean, the Colts would be good for him, but they're not going to trade him in the division. Uh, Dolphins and the Patriots. Dolphins, Patriots, Washington. Yeah. yeah. Great defense in Washington. Yeah. You got great. Thomas, right. McLaurin and yeah. Gibson anchoring that offense. Yeah. All they need is a quarterback. And, and right now, it's very early to look at ADP, but ADP is out there, and Logan Thomas is going around tight end nine, wow. ten right Already. now. Okay, he's in like the the Evan Engram, Hunter Henry tier. You know, people are going to take 
Kelsey of, over Thomas, of well, course. Yes, and I would Waller. Too. Yes. But after those two, I'm not saying you want to reach for Thomas where George Kittle, he'll be tight end Kittle three. Kittle will be tight end three. I am after targeting. Kittle, after Kittle, you can make as strong a case oh, for Thomas as course. anybody else. Yeah, but people are probably still going to take Mark Andrews there, probably TJ yeah. Hawkinson, just the sexier names. But yep. wherever Logan Thomas's ADP is at, wherever you're drafting mm-hmm. from February to August, reach around for him because he could he's basically Darren Waller 2.0 a converted Waller was a wide receiver Thomas had, he's finally mastered his craft as Waller has and yeah. they have very similar skill sets and uh yeah the the, the sky's the limit for Thomas and he's very undervalued right now and that that ADP will climb as we get closer to 2021. We're giving the three positive developments you may have missed in December. I'm giving three. Brian's giving three. You get a total of six. Uh, that is number one. Mine, a player you've already mentioned. A December performance by Derek Carr. Yeah. Mm. Between Carr and the one game with Mariota, get this. The Raiders were QB4. In December. Wow. <laughs> QB4, the Raiders. Now, again, one game of that was Marcus Mariota. We ran for 88 yards and he ran a rushing touchdown, but that's all Mariota really did. Most of the rest of this is on car. Multiple touchdowns in every game, including he had he had three rushing touchdowns in December, but hmm. even that, which is not normal for car, but the passing was really notable. Get this. Aside from the game he missed, um, and he got knocked out early in the first quarter of that game. He threw for over 316 yards in all of his December games, all four of his December games. He scored four touchdowns, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, and two touchdowns. Darren Waller, obviously, made a big part of that, and Waller went berserk. But Nelson Aguilar had a very good December. Um, and then he would find, like, one receiver each game would have a good game. Yeah. Um, you know, one other guy, you know, spot here. Henry Ruggs had the big game against the Jets that they won on the last play and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he were, the fact that Carr was able to get this level of production out of his tight end and some help from Nelson Aguilar, and that's it, was, to me, very impressive. And I think people may have missed how much better he got. So... I looked at Carr's PFF grade. First half of the season, his average PFF grade was 64. Not that great. Second half of the season, Derek Carr's PFF grade jumped 13 points to a 77, which is awfully good and actually put him inside the top 10 among quarterbacks in the second half of the season by PFF grade. So I roll this together, and I'm like, man, I got to believe you can get Derek Carr for nothing next year. Oh, now, there, there are some question marks as we look ahead to next year for him, 2021. Aguilar was on a one-year prove-it deal, and he's a free agent. I I suspect they will want to bring him back. I don't but know did how you hear- much more he could prove himself more than he did this year. I know. He, he, was, it was, a, he was above and beyond what anyone yeah, expected. Way more than what he, anybody expected. Now, did you hear about Aguilar's? Uh, it was only reported on uh, Thursday or Friday that Aguilar cocked off yeah. after like the Week 16 game about how this team doesn't want to win and they're not trying hard enough. And he's right. Yeah, That's the thing. If you watch the Raiders in December, especially their defense was just checked out so i don't know if they'll respect aguilar more for standing up in front of the team and saying that or if they're going to be pissed at aguilar 
Because in a way, you're also calling out the coaching staff when you do that. Mm-hmm. Effort is on the coaching yeah. staff. Yeah. And so I don't know if this means Aguilar is gone or not. Tyrell Williams, by the way, is on, still on board. Get this. I forgot about him. I know. Why, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Have? He has an $11 million salary next year. Oh. So he's going to get caught. I was about to say, can they go after any of these big-name free agents? I guess not, like the Allen Robinsons or Kenny Galladay's well, of the world. But potentially they could. From a salary cap standpoint, they're actually in decent shape, although their offensive line's Uber expensive, like the third most expensive offensive line next year for the Raiders. So, uh, Derek Carr, you may have missed a very good December from uh, Derek Carr. We'll see how his receiving options look next year. But we know Darren Waller's not going anywhere. I got a receiver that would look good oh. in uh, the black and silver. Tell me more. And he's uh, my next topic to All discuss. Right. It's uh, Marvin Jones himself had a hell of a December. He did. Last uh, it was like year. wide receiver five in December. Yep. Uh, he's really had a almost a hell of the last five seasons. He's incredibly underrated. So over the last five years, here are the games players with the most games with a receiving touchdown. Starting with the most, Devontae Adams, okay. of course, top of the list. I would have guessed. All right, and this list is very elite. So it's just, I'm just going to go down. I'm not going to read the totals for each, but sure. they're all over 25, which is a lot for the last five years. Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins. Travis Kelsey, Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, Marvin Jones. Wow, one 26. of these things is not like yeah. the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. And, uh, of course, Kenny Galladay went down in Week 8. Yeah, that was a lot. Well, that helped. Bas- well for the second time, went yeah. down in Week 8. I mean, Jones played as wide receiver one in probably, what, 12 of their games. I mean, did Galladay play four, have four games in this season? Barely. I so I know we were really focusing on December, but I'm going to yeah. go from week nine when Galladay was first out through okay. week 17 when Jones was operating as the, the wide receiver one. Uh, finished number seven among wide receivers in PPR formats, uh, 18 PPR points per game mm. during that span. He was a little volatile, though, during that span. Finished as a top five wide receiver four times outside of the top 36 five times. Yeah. That's not great. Well, it's Stafford missed some games in there, too. He did. And I'm guessing, you know, I, I don't know in front of me, but I'm guessing Stafford, Stafford's missed games ultimately had to hurt Marvin Jones. Without a doubt. And, uh, and Stafford was also banged up, too, but they still, yeah. they still made a lot happen. Uh, during that same span, Week 9 to Week 17, Jones caught 25 passes of 10-plus air yards. That was tied for the second uh, most during that span. Mm-hmm. He had 519 yards, third most yards, five touchdowns, tied for the second most. He was uh, absolutely on fire, and he's going into uh, unrestricted free agency. So maybe he, he does turn 31 in March, probably his last contract of his career. Yeah. But... Uh, Maybe he tags along, go somewhere with Stafford. That would be ideal. Probably unlikely, though, because a lot of the teams that need wide receiver don't need a quarterback, like Arizona, Baltimore, Miami, hmm. well, the Giants. But teams where he and Stafford potentially could go, New England, mm-hmm. Washington, mm-hmm. maybe Chicago. Probably not Chicago. But there are jobs that, wide receiver one jobs out there. If you did go to Chicago... Giants, he could be wide receiver one. New England, Maybe. he could be wide receiver well, one. And you could be wide receiver one in New England. Yeah, right. But uh, long story short, landing spot determines a lot of uh, for yep. Jones's value. But again, very early ADP. But he's a guy that always gets nobody ever on wants him. Day. Nobody ever wants him. Wide receiver sixty right now in early best Six ball zero. drafts. Wow. Uh, you know the rookies are going before him with mm-hmm. no landing spots. Jalen Waddle is a guy that's going ahead of him. 
Uh, Des Bryant even has a higher ADP. <laughs> in best balls. I, that's ridiculous. People are just going off the, the, the bigger name. Uh, people just don't want anything to do with Marvin Jones, it seems like. but uh, That's really funny. He's the guy you don't have to draft as a top three or four wide receiver on your team, but he could... You know, leap your depth chart, you know, vault your depth charts and be, operate as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. He's well, proven it you mentioned time best, and time You mentioned again. best ball, and for a guy with his level of volatility, that might be yeah. a great format for Marvin Jones. Definitely even more of a, a target in best ball leagues. When we come back, we'll give you the remaining three positive developments you may have missed in December. Stay tuned. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchin and Brian Johnson with you covering the developments you may have missed in December. This is the positivity episode. I think we will do a negativity episode shortly after the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe the week after. Something like that. We'll see. we got to balance out the universe a little bit. Well, I think so. Well, yeah. Well, no, probably not. The number four positive development you may have missed in December David Johnson's successful return from a variety of injuries suffered over the course of the season. And 
we've all been skeptics for years. You know, who hasn't been burned on David Johnson over the past four years? And even this year was mostly a burning by David Johnson. Mm-hmm. But he actually looked pretty good in December. He played in four December games. He scored four times in the four games. He topped 100 total yards in three of the four games. He posted a crazy 11-catch, 106-receiving-yard game in December. And David Johnson's yards per carry was 6.4 really? in December. Wow. 6.4. His elusiveness rating uh, via PFF went from 34 to 91, which moved him from running back 46 in elusiveness prior to December to running back 9 in elusiveness in December. Again, pro football focus. The only runner with a similar December jump in elusiveness was Cam Akers. Everybody's talking about good Cam Akers got. Mm -hmm. Nobody talking about David Johnson. He was December's ninth best runner in yards after contact. 3.7 yards after contact for David Johnson. So, a very good December. And so what I think this means for the year ahead for David Johnson, Brian, is the team's got so many needs in Houston and maybe quarterback. I just think they're not gonna they're not gonna put any draft capital, no. any equity in for a team that doesn't have have, you know, they're missing two draft picks. Um, I just don't think they're gonna change running backs. I think it's going to be David Johnson rolling in next year with no real competition, meaningful competition for that job. You could probably put prime Barry Sanders in that backfield and it's not really going to help <laughs> the bottom line of that team right now outside of all the other needs that they have like you said so yeah I'm with you they, they better ride or die with DJ I think they're going to I know Bill O'Brien's long gone but they gotta <laughs> still nice they to gotta justify the, the pick yeah, yeah, right. you know to justify yep. the trade you're right even though O'Brien is gone so David Johnson played well let's go to oh, our yeah. number five positive development you may have missed in December uh, I'm going to stick with the running back position and uh it's not like he really went off in December, but he at least made an appearance. And when he did, it looked good. And that's A.J. Dillon. And it's mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon time, like, right this very moment, if you're doing drafts. Because uh, he's going in the seventh round right now, mm. which is absolutely well, that's insane. Well, we that's because free agency hasn't right. happened yet. And the people are still, I assume, holding out hope that somehow he won't. Aaron Jones is going to remain on the Packers. I think there's a 10% chance. I think if there's that. a 50% chance that Jamal Williams stays on the Packers. But A.J. Dillon, no matter what, has got a bigger role coming. Definitely there. They sunk draft capital into A.J. last year. And, uh, yeah, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, like they said, both unrestricted free agents. Assuming they both leave, that's 61 total red zone carries between the two. 38 (laughs) Uh for Jones, 23 for Williams, for reference. Well, that's all of the red zone carries. are basically. I don't know who else would ever have any. But but the opportunity, Josh Jacobs led the NFL with 64. So basically plug in A.J. Dillon, who had a handful himself, Mm -hmm. and he's your league leader in NFL red zone carries, (laughs) theoretically. If they both leave. Uh, If they both leave. But again, if Jones is gone. Jones has like to I be. said, I mean, we don't know. chance he stays. And if Williams stays, you would think he kind of operates as the change of pace back, like he has for Aaron Jones, even though he's kind of don't know. Usur- we don't know, but AJ Dillon Williams can catch for sure, and that's why I think he would walk more into the Aaron Jones lead role because they throw to Aaron Jones a ton. Dillon's pass catching ability is, I think, much more unknown to this. Uh, he he has three targets. <laughs> okay. Caught them all. All right. 
One of them's in the playoffs in the mm-hmm. divisional or the conference championship, and it was a nice catch. I mean, so he has the ability. He just hasn't had the opportunity, so we'll see what happens there. But, again, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. Really, just one good game. That was that Week 16 game against Tennessee. 21 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. That was that snowy game mm-hmm. when um, it was just built for a mutter, a straight-ahead yep. runner like A.J. Dillon, and they let him. The fact that they, they built a game plan around him and let him go execute that was probably a good sign that he had earned the trust and faith of that coaching staff. Yeah, and that's not the last snowy game they'll be playing in Green Bay, right? <laughs> so uh, he's a guy they can, they can trust, and uh, – Again, uh, just 34 carry. He had 21 carries that game, just 34 carries across his other 10 games, including mm-hmm. the playoffs. So not a lot of tape on him, but it, it's just all about the eye test, really. He looked good when he got the ball, and odds are the opportunity is going to be there for him to at least compete for that starting job uh, in Green Bay. Average 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, Pretty good. Give him, give him a full yep. – just give him 150 carries, and he's going to exceed that seventh round ADP right now but uh I wonder if he's gonna I wonder if it'll be a lot more Jamal Williams early in the season and as the season wears on it'll start skewing towards Dylan cold weather games he'll be further along in his development he might be a guy next year that takes a little more patience but I think he's a fantasy factor I really do yeah and he he could climb into the first round of drafts by the end of the summer if, well, thing, if, if, if both if, guys leave both and leave, they don't put anybody meaningful into that backfield, yeah. I don't think he'd be a first rounder. But I think that it would certainly would, be a lot a, it, late first, early second. It'd be. I don't think so. He would need a maybe if they play preseason games next year. He'd need one of those like Blow preseason one of those. games. To, but uh, but well. if in that scenario, so let let's just say that it does play out that way, where both. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones leave, and they don't add another meaningful runner. They'll have some other warm bodies, but let's assume it's nobody good. It's a, uh, you know, like an Abdullah type, um, and we think he's going to get the. We think he's going to get a workhorse role for AJ Dillon. I still think he's probably going to go in like the third round because he's never proven anything, and yep. the first two rounds are almost are usually filled with players who have proven their worth. Yeah, I'm not saying I would take him in the first two rounds, but yeah. uh, the hype could get up there. But, yeah, I think the, the, the third, fourth round will be a very uh, safe estimation for where it'll land. Right now, RB36. Again, it's very early, but guys like Devin Singletary. What? Are going before him. Leonard oh, that's Fournette. A, that's Ronald absurd. Jones. Yeah, the, people just look at the carry totals, basically, and Dylan doesn't have any, but he yeah. will. Our sixth and final positive development you may have missed in December is Austin Eckler's return. He he played three full games at the beginning of the year. Then he missed nine weeks and returned in week 12. He was running back 12 in December. Not bad. Uh, a, I think a, and a probably a success story considering the magnitude of the hamstring injury he had, mm-hmm. which was severe. And there was some frustrating, you probably get into it, some Usage for uh, there was some frustrating usage. Even when Eckler was usage, right? Supposedly good to go, but yeah, right. And and he averaged only ten and a half carries per game. Is what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. And for a guy that we know is a lot better than ten and a half carries per game, I I was a little bit surprised that it was it, it stayed that light. It started that light and it stayed that light, mm-hmm. and it never really got a lot better. He averaged a healthy four and a half yards per carry. Um, Highly involved in the passing game, which is usual for him. He averaged six targets, catching five of those six, um, although only 35 yards per game, which isn't special. Um, 
he also, of note, in December was playing behind this injury-racked Chargers offensive line, which is always injury-racked. Man, that team, how they don't, along with the Vikings, you know how, how these teams don't ever fix their bad and injury-plagued offensive lines is beyond me. Anyway, um, let it all out. It was a good, not great performance in return from Austin Eckler. Um, we really don't know what kind of role he'll have next year. It's a new offense with Brandon Staley, who was the former Rams defensive coordinator, who is now head coach. And his new offensive coordinator is Joe Lombardi, who's been, who was the Saints quarterback coach among, he's got a long, long history. It, unclear what, although the Saints use a timeshare of backs to some degree, right? Alvin, you know, Alvin Kamara is a, it's like a 60 40 ish split between Kamara um, and Latavius Murray. So the presumption is here that. Eckler doesn't immediately like go to twenty-five touches a game guy, but mm-hmm. I think he, I think his I think the uptick will be closer to what we see how the Saints had used Alvin Kamara, which was probably in the eighteen touch a game range. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, we saw Eckler going <clears throat> late first, early second, mm-hmm. late summer last year. I think he'll he'll probably fall late second, early third, mid third. I think guys like Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson. Uh, maybe even James Robinson, all vault above Eckler when it comes to ADP. But uh, I think I like Eckler's ceiling a little higher than guys like that. Yeah. So I like it. Okay. I'm rolling. Yeah. I'm sticking I, with Eckler. I think Eckler, people aren't going to – everybody replays last year. That's the the, mm-hmm. ta- the primary way that people do their drafting in August is what do I remember from last year? People are just going to remember the lost season for Eckler because he didn't splash upon his return. You know, had he scored four touchdowns in December, he scored once. Had he scored four touchdowns in December, had he powered teams in, into the playoffs and into fantasy vi- victories, mm-hmm. they would have been, I, they'd remember him a lot more charitably. I think people are going to be down on Eckler, and I think he's going to slide. I think he's going to be like a third-round guy, and that's going to be a mistake. It's, I, I, he's got so much talent and so much opportunity, and obviously he's got a quarterback who looks like he's going to be fantastic. Without a doubt. I will remember Austin Eckler on draft day. Yeah, we'll be talking about him a lot probably in the preseason as we talk as we spend so much time in our preseason talking about undervalued guys, sleepers. I think Austin Eckler will be a common name in that area. Next week, we will be breaking down the Super Bowl fantasy style, DFS style. I might work in a couple of props. I do like the Travis Kelsey under seven and a half uh catches. Because I think you're gonna have to block. I don't know what uh the Gronk props are, but I'm all about them. Just are like you really? was all about Dawson Knox. Some guy on Twitter tweeted us. I'm like, I don't know what they are, but just put everything over on Dawson <laughs> Knox, including touchdown, first touchdown. He said he did it all, but not the first touchdown. I was like, no, oh, that's because that's the one that would have paid yeah. handsomely. That oh. would have been, if he'd hit that Dawson Knox, I bet it was in the 25 to 1 range oh, for yeah. first touchdown. It's a, it's a money matchup for tight ends against the Chiefs for whatever reason. So Gronk. But why Gronk not Braid? That's the problem. Is well, why he, not Braid? Oh, he, he'll be in play as well. All right. I guess we'll find he, out more about I, that. He'll both be in play. All right. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. We'll be back next week for the Super Bowl preview. As mentioned, if you love the show, and we hope you do, I I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review Fantasy Football Weekly, and we'll talk to you in a week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.